Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are Pastor Deborah and Philip Banda. Be blessed. The heavenly vision. Acts chapter 26. I'm going to read from verse... uh, Verse 1. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and proceeded, proceeded to make his defense. In regard to all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, I I consider myself fortunate, King Agrippa, that I am about to make my defense before you today. You know, Paul knew how to speak. Especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions among the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So then... All Jews know my manner of life from my youth from my youth up, which from the beginning was spent among my own nation and at Jerusalem. Since they have known about me for a long time, if they are willing to testify that I lived as a Pharisee according to the strictest sect of our religion. And now I am standing trial for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. Verse 7. The promise to which our 12 tribes hope to attend as they earnestly serve God night and day. And for this hope, O King, I am being accused by the Jews. Why is it considered incredible among you people if God does raise the dead? So then... I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 10, and this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. And as I punished them, often in all the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme. And being furiously enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to the foreign cities. Verse 12. Well, so engaged as I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven. Brighter than the sun, shining all around me and those who were journeying with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, So, so, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up. And stand on your feet, 
For this purpose I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Verse 19. So, King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but kept declaring both to those of Damascus first, and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea, and even to the angels, to the Gentiles, sorry, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate for repentance. Hallelujah. I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. So this is Paul giving his testimony. And perhaps if you want to learn how to give a testimony, it's quite a good thing to look at. He structured it so well. He tells the story of what happened when he was going to Damascus to persecute Christians and how Jesus appeared to him. And he expressly said, Jesus appeared to him and said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And after he saw that bright light and he was blinded, we know about that, the rest of the story. Paul had Jesus speak to him about what Jesus wanted him to do. Amen. And this is what he calls a heavenly vision. To understand, he's talking to people that have arrested him. They've accused him of blasphemy, the Jews. And, 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 and they've arrested him. And they want him to face capital punishment. And because of this, uh, Paul has appealed to Caesar in Rome. Because they're under Roman government. Are you with me? But before he goes to Caesar, the rulers that are there gather together. Agrippa, one of them, Herod, and another one. And they gather together and they are hearing Paul's case. And so they give him a chance. Explain yourself. It is an awesome story if you continue reading the whole chapter. It's awesome the way he continues to explain himself. But I want to stop there. Because in, on verse 19, Paul begins to reveal his motivation. He reveals why he is doing what he is doing. Now we've know, we all know Paul and we've heard of Paul. Maybe that's the best way to put it. We've all heard of Paul as the one that wrote half the New Testament, right? And his motivation is this thing he's calling the heavenly vision. Hello? Hi. Everything he is doing is because he's got this thing he calls the heavenly what? Vision. It's his motivation. This is what drives him. This is what making him do everything he's doing now. He says, my life, for you to understand, my life was going this way. And then I had a heavenly vision. And that's why now my life is going this way. That the same people I worked for now are trying to kill me. Because I had a heavenly vision. What's the vision? The vision is the encounter he had with Jesus Christ. 
The whole thing becomes his heavenly vision. The encounter he has with Jesus Christ. What did I say at the beginning of these lessons? Vision has to do with meeting Christ. You don't go and wake up and decide, I have a vision. If, if, you know, I don't care whether it's a business or it's, 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 it's studying or whatever it is. It has to come from your encounter with Christ. From Him. Remember I was telling you about the Laodicean church? From Him. So Paul says that when he had an encounter with Christ, a heavenly vision was released in his life. Amen. I want to release a, a hunger in you. You know, last week I was telling you a hunger to see God outpour His Spirit on you. I want to release another, another kind of hunger. A hunger to encounter Christ. Hello? Because if a guy who was a murderer was turned this way by just encountering Christ... I also want to encounter Christ. Some of the things that are refusing to shift in in, in your life is because you haven't seen Christ in a new light. I have got a feeling everything has to do with encountering Christ. Everything. You see, what I'm encouraging you to do is, 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 is to lay aside, to proceed beyond the cross. What I mean by that is, I'm not saying discard the cross. What I'm saying is, the Christ who hung on the tree and washed away your sins also rose again. And after appearing to many people, he also ascended on high. And he's also going to come back. He was, he is, and is to come. Are you with me? But if as a child of God you are stuck only on I'm born again because I received Jesus. Then as you go ahead in life, the earth begins to throw challenges at you. And you don't see Christ can handle business issues. You don't know him according to that. You only know him as Christ, the one that is in my heart and now I am born again. You know what I'm talking about? You won't know what he can do in that arena of life. This is how sometimes God uses the challenges he throws us so that we may see Christ from another angle. There's many times I look back in my life and I go, wow. I went through that, but I began to know Christ as this when I was going through that. When I was going through that, I began to know Christ as this. Are you with me? If you if 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 it's a simple the simple story people use if 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 he's never healed you you don't know him as a healer you know that, that that's just a simplistic way of looking at it but but you get the picture when he comes and he does this provision in your life you begin to know him in that angle I've got a feeling I said that oh everything has to do with Christ everything has to do with Christ. And so I want us to get more hungry at encountering Christ. Just, I want to encounter Christ. I want to know Christ. If there's something that is refusing to change, 
and, and turn it into I want to encounter Christ in this matter. Huh? Hello? That's what, that's, those are the stories we read in the Bible. People who encountered Christ. Some were blind and they encountered him and they found out that he can give sight. Some were born lame, they encountered him and they found out that he can restore strength to feeble bones. Are you with me? Some were lost, totally lost, like the woman with the seven demons that, that ended up being his, his disciple in the end. She encountered him and he freed her from her worldliness. And, and, and she was freed and she became his disciple. Are you with me? Encountering Christ is where it's at. Hello? Your, your concern should not be witchcraft. <laughs> who bewitched who? Your concern should not even be the devil and his latest tricks and learning the deep secrets of how Satan is moving. Encounter Christ. If we just get encounter this great light that Jesus is, it's going to change our lives. So that's, that's, I wanted to go home with a hunger to say, Jesus, we've got to have a child. I need to know you. I need to see you as you really are in this manner. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. The heavenly vision that Paul has. Paul's response to the heavenly vision is what I, I, really, I, I really also want, want us to look at. He says, it is not only my motivation. This heavenly vision, this encounter that I had with Jesus, is not just my motivation. But, you know, it, it, it has also become my plan for life. I keep on doing what he told me to do. Hello? Encountering Christ does not just bring you into a good uh, you know, vision, light in your life where you have good motivation for the things that you need to do. But Paul says it also releases a plan for your life. The Bible says no eye has seen, no ear has heard, but by his spirit he has revealed his plan to those who love him. Amen. So I've said two things so far. The heavenly vision is his motivation. It has also become his plan for life. It's taken over. It will take over your motivation, takes over your plan for life. All of a sudden, your life now lives on a plan from God. Hello? Right in the will of God. It's like building a house with a plan as people do okay so the builders work according to a plan and they just build it according to a plan and it becomes according to the picture and that's going to be your life when you encounter Christ not only does he give you motivation in the right direction but he releases a plan for your life I'm talking about more vision here. The third thing, and then we're going to kick off. The third thing 
that happens in the vision that Paul is, receives, this heavenly vision. What is the gist of the heavenly vision? What is the whole point of the heavenly vision? It seems like the point is this. Jesus wants to reveal himself to Paul that Paul may go and reveal Christ to others. And this begins to be the biggest reason. Forget motivation. Forget you receiving a plan. The third one is the biggest reason. Jesus said to Paul, Paul, I want to reveal myself to you that I may turn you into a minister and a witness of the things that I have shown you and the things I will show you when I appear to you. What does this mean? Jesus is saying, I'm going to appear to you now. I want you to talk about this, but I'm going to appear to you continuously. I will reveal myself to you continuously and you will be able to take this to the Gentiles where I'm sending you. Why? So that in the end they may turn from darkness to light. They may turn from the bonds of Satan. Jesus, it's Jesus talking. And sometimes we forget that it's Jesus talking. It's Jesus. He's saying to Paul, there is something called the bonds of Satan. That people are bound in. And until Paul, I show you how to reveal me to them, they will not break free. So what's happening when people are denying the gospel? They need a revelation of Christ. How are they going to get the revelation of Christ? By Jesus revealing himself to you. Then when you go, you can leak that vision everywhere you go. Are you with me? It's an awesome plan. I want to fill you so that you may go everywhere and fill other people with my life. That's the whole gist. So three things we have said about the heavenly vision with Paul. Number one, it's an encounter with Christ. The heavenly vision, number two, is a revelation of God's plan for your life. The number three, which is the bigger reason, it is Christ filling himself. Or filling you. Christ filling you so that you may go everywhere and show Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't what's happening? This is what I'm, 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 I'm using the funnel for. It is the funnel life. Paul is living under a heavenly vision. And, and because of this vision... Everything he receives from heaven gets to be filtered into the earth or poured into the earth. It's like God. This is my example. Let me explain to you. I hope this table is great. This is heaven. Yeah? And heaven has a plan. Yes, you can come here. Heaven has a plan. God wants his plan to happen on earth. This is the earth. in to be the person through whom heaven is going to pour itself into the earth. Are you with me? Let's, 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 let's pour the water. Let, let me show you what's going to happen. 
Which way should I go? The right way up. Okay. Poor Pastor Bright. Poor. Okay. So the funnel helps us to pour from heaven into the earth. Now I like the shape of this thing. It is open towards heaven. Precise towards the earth. How it lives on earth is very precise. We can decide where to pour. Who wants us to pour in the head? <laughs> With this funnel, we won't miss. We can pour inside this small bottle here. Put this funnel. We won't miss. Because it helps heaven to achieve its vision on earth. Receiving a heavenly vision is becoming a funnel for heaven. You and I become the ones through whom heaven can pour into the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you. And, then, and that's, that's how we see Apostle Paul becoming. When he says, I've received this vision. How does he live? He lives now his life under the heavenly vision. Jesus says, I will show myself to you. And you will reveal these things. And I will show myself to you again. It's not one off. Most of us think Apostle Paul did all he did because he had an encounter one day with Jesus. Just one day. If you read the Bible, read again. Jesus said to Paul, I'm revealing myself to you. And then when I come again, I'll reveal myself to you. I want you to keep showing these things. Jesus wants us to have a lifestyle where he reveals himself all the time to us. Are you with me? So sometimes he will send you in a corner that he may reveal himself to you. Us from that angle. He will send you in a dark place that he may reveal himself to you. That he's a light. So he revealed himself so many times in Paul's life. One of the times is when he's Paul is in prison. No, oh, he's in prison, he's suffering. No. He's in prison because Jesus is about to reveal himself as a bondage breaker. If you begin to understand this, you will begin to be easy around your life and more trusting of God. More leaning on God and, 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 and a bit more relaxed. Uh, I don't mean the word relaxed. I mean the word uh, a bit more at peace with your life in the shalom of heaven. Because you begin to understand he is about to reveal himself. Oh. Doing the funnel life. I want to talk about that. Doing this life. Open to heaven. What does that life look like? There is a way you can do life on earth, which I know Natalie shouted the right way up. But there is a way people are doing life this way. This way, okay? Doing life on earth. You can do life on earth without living under a heavenly vision like Paul was doing. 
And that is when you, when you append this thing, what does it look like? It looks like every information you get about yourself is from the world. And then you're asking heaven to intervene. Now there's many Christians doing life like that. Their information is, is, is from the world. What the world is saying. What the world is saying. What, 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 what the place they come from. Their history. Their, their, their lineage. Their, you know, their, their, their family. Their, their, what, positive and negative things put together. It's not still good enough. Because that is like, it's an appended funnel. You can survive doing life like this. You can. You will survive. But it's not good enough because how much is God going to pour into you? A perfect story of this is the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible. You know, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is a man that was a chief tax collector in Jericho. Chief tax collector. He's like the chief, you know, he's, he's, he, 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 he's in charge of a region of the HMRC. Okay? Uh, yeah. You know, it's Zacchaeus is, is no, uh, he's a chief tax collector. And so he's in charge. He's, he's pretty well off. He's doing fine. And then the Bible says Jesus turned up. And when Jesus came into the village, Zacchaeus got curious. I, I want to, to see Jesus. I want to encounter Jesus. Get hungry for encounter. And as he climbed up a tree, because the Bible says he was of a short stature, and, and Jesus stops and says, Zacchaeus, come, I will go to your house today. I'm eating in your house today. And the people begin to murmur, as they usually do. Jesus is going to eat at the sinner's house. If he knew this guy has swindled all of us. Some of the accusation is right. Some of it is wrong. You know when you're rich, you get so much accusations right. <laughs> some of it is right. Some of it is just totally people just calling him a sinner. And, and, but Jesus goes to the house. And Jesus answers this, the statement. He, says this, he answers the people like this. Today, he's speaking to, to Zacchaeus. Salvation has come into your house. And Zacchaeus responds by saying this. I will give... Jesus did not preach to, 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 to Zacchaeus. He's not preached to him. But by Zacchaeus being in the presence of Christ, all of a sudden Zacchaeus begins to say, I will give back to all the people that I've taken from. And if somebody comes and says, I did it dishonestly, I will give them twice as much. I'll give back. Now, now the people that were complaining now must have been happy, right? When Zacchaeus started to give money back, they realized, hey, Jesus better stay in that house. <laughs> it's amazing how people sometimes we think. Zacchaeus needed Jesus. He was holding their money. <laughs> and when Jesus moved into Zacchaeus' house for that little day, for that day when he had a meal at Zacchaeus' house, they got their money back. So why were they complaining? It's amazing how short-sighted we can be as human beings. They see Jesus going towards Zacchaeus' house, they complain. When Zacchaeus comes out and begins to distribute, because of the encounter with Christ, I'm sure they celebrated. 
I'm sure they were giving Jesus the addresses of all the sinners in the town <laughs> that were to you know, visit. Hello? But something is awesome here. Zacchaeus, first of all, has this world view. And his view of the world is this, you know, defined by the world. And, and, and uh, I, was, I, I saw, how many have heard of a guy called Tony Robinson? Yeah. Tony Robinson is a, what do they call him? He's a life coach. He's really a guru. <laughs> so he says he's not. And he promises people so many things. And, uh, and some of it is empty hope, really. Totally empty hope. But, but I, I remember seeing an episode of him talking to this girl. And uh, said, what do you want to achieve in life? What, what, what is life about? What's the purpose of life? And she says, to find love and happiness. Pretty good. Uh, most of us, that's what motivates us. Find love, you know, and happiness. Most of us, that's what the reason we're waking up and going to church, and uh, to going to work. And, and, and that's the reason also we are coming to Christ, to find love and find happiness. So that, there's nothing wrong with that summation. But it is... Who informs your viewpoint? Zacchaeus' way of finding love and happiness in life was accumulating all the wealth, all the money, no matter what. And, and, and he was accumulating, accumulating. The day he encounters Christ, he goes from a worldly view to a heavenly view. When you begin to sit under a heavenly vision, it changes the way you look at the world. The other example is Paul himself. To find this place in life of definition, he killed Christians, went far places. Because his viewpoint was from the idea of protecting the religion. I need to protect the religion. These people are imposters. These people are here to destroy what we have believed, what our forefathers believed for years. So I need to protect it. That viewpoint is informed by traditions, Jewish traditions, not informed by God. The day he encounters Christ, he begins to live under heavenly vision. And God begins to pour into him. Are you with me? Yes. Now, quickly, let's finish. Let me give you two, three things of how to do this life. Just living under heavenly vision. How are we going to live under heavenly vision? Two, two, three thoughts that I have. Number one is, is, is challenge the world view. That's the first thing. If you're not willing to challenge the world view... Uh, if you're not willing to challenge how the world views you, how you also view other things just based on a world view, you, you are not going to open yourself up to live under heavenly vision. Hello? Are you with me? I'm not losing people, am I? You, you, you're going to have to challenge, you know? Paul's viewpoint was informed by the world, protecting, protecting this tradition. 
Zacchaeus was informed by the world he has to accumulate to be something in that society. What's your viewpoint? What's informing your viewpoint? You see, you can go to the same job with somebody and you can both be going and the two of you will have two different viewpoints of that workplace. And one of you, you will sit under the same boss, attend the same meetings, and you will come back with different results. Why? Because it matters who informs your viewpoint. Heaven's viewpoint begins to matter. If you're going to live under heaven's vision, here's the viewpoint. Jesus said to Paul, here is the heavenly vision. You're going to live for me. Let life start from there. The world teaches you that you must have a job where you learn to live for yourself and to be a good person you must also have a church and also do some good things in life to the poor and all that. That's not a biblical viewpoint. That's not Jesus' viewpoint. When Jesus comes to Paul, he says, no, 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 no. The deal is this. I reveal myself to you and then you reveal me to the rest of the world. Hello? <laughs> and to change, to begin to say, I'm going to live for Christ. Which begins to mean, if you embrace his viewpoint, he becomes the reason you go to work. And he begins to be the reason you are in that particular place where you work. I want to really move Christians on from worrying too much about I'm in the wrong place, I'm working in the wrong place to begin to understand God takes you and wants you to be a funnel wherever he takes you. Have you heard that God can bless you when you drought? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not about the place where you're working. If it's, a, it's an issue of where he takes you. He takes you there because he wants to reveal himself and to pour a bit of himself in that place. And you end up in that place. Now, if that begins to be the viewpoint you have of doing life on earth, it changes how you look for work. I don't know, this is the second week I'm talking about it. It really changes how you look for work. It also changes how you treat your workplace. And if I was hiring, I would rather hire a person with that viewpoint. Because they will bring heaven in that place. This is a reason why when we spend so many hours at work, we still fail to reach so many people because we need to create an outreach program. Well, when we create one, you will still be at work. You're supposed to be reaching people right there because you're spending many hours there. And this is a harsh reality of the church and where we are at today. Hello? And God, and, and, and then God is, should start opening our eyes. I'm not talking about people beginning to beat themselves and begin to say, I'm useless. I no, no, no. To just begin to open it. Perhaps I'm here, like Esther had that moment. Perhaps I am here because of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Huh? Just remind yourself, perhaps I'm here because of the kingdom of God. Every time you begin to remind yourself like that, you'll be amazed at how much God will use you to touch lives. You'll be amazed. 
I'm sure we've all seen some of these sad videos of care workers sometimes abusing the people they're supposed to take care of. How about kingdom people learning to pour the love of the kingdom into the people they're taking care of? As simple as care work is, you can touch many lives. Are you with me? Viewpoint. Very important. Open to heaven. What is the other point I want to make? Uh, when this funnel is right way up, second point, change your viewpoint changes too. You change your expectations. Those are the only two things I'll talk about and I'll finish. You're going to have to change your expectations. Number one, the viewpoint must change. I am here because of heaven. I am here because of God. God has sent me here. Now you don't have to go announcing to everyone, (laughs) but you have to announce it to yourself. It's a must. God has sent you. When you're going to work tomorrow or tonight or wherever you will be, just begin to understand God has sent you there. When you, wherever God is going to send you or is going to allow you to go, just begin to understand he has sent you there. When you begin to have that heavenly viewpoint, oh, heavenly vision. You'll be living under heavenly vision. Amen? Amen. I got a text from, from somebody from here last, last week. They said, Pastor Fio, I had a dream that one of my work colleagues got saved. And you know what that says to me? It's like, uh-huh. It's happening. That's all. That's all. Many of us need to start having those dreams. <laughs> don't, you, don't go too ahead of yourself. Just God beginning to show you some things he can do in the spirit, in your workplace. Because most of us, if the workplace is never related to your following God, it's, it's, you know, it's not true. How much time do we spend in work and school and college and uni? How much time do we spend there? And yet we might be sold a lie to say the only way to reach out is to create a crusade. I can create one tomorrow. The problem is you will be at work. So I must encourage you to to go to work like that. I'm here to pour heaven into this place. No matter what comes against me, I'm here to pour heaven into this place. To change your viewpoint. Amen? Amen. Change it. Begin to live like this. Oh, it's awesome. The final looks like this. The second thing is change your expectations. Learning to change our expectations. To begin to expect heaven to pour into this. One simple thing I can do here to just, to just illustrate is, you see, when Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said we should pray a prayer. Okay, a few more minutes. We should pray this prayer. And the prayer was, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Because we forgive those who trespass against us. Yeah? 
Uh, how many can have, can say they have prayed, they have recited that thing maybe at least ten times or more? Yeah, perhaps ten is just too little. Ten is for this. I know even Zoe has done it long. You know, eh? how many have paused to to expect an answer from that prayer? That's where I want to show you. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. You know. Changing your expectations. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, he did not hesitate. He did not throw another parable. He quickly went for this. Pray like this. And he tells them. And to me it sounds like this. Jesus knows what heaven wants you to ask for. Jesus knows what God wants you to be asking for. Would you say Jesus is, this prayer is wrong? Is there anything wrong in this prayer? It's coming from Jesus. So he knows what heaven wants us to ask for. He's seen the thing. And he's saying, hey, good you asked. Here is how you should pray. You should ask like this. Huh? And ask for this. He shows them how and what to ask for. Exactly. It means there is an expectation from heaven. Heaven is ready to release these things already to us. But we need to pray for them. We need to ask for them. So imagine if you change your expectation to your kingdom come. Not just pray and begin to expect the kingdom of God to come. What does that represent? It represents the power of God, the presence of God, the rule of God. It means in your workplace, in your environment, that God can rule. But you see, there's a problem if our expectation has not changed. Because that prayer... Definitely, God wants to answer it. So if you go through that prayer, I won't do that today. But if you go through that prayer, maybe I can show you something. It, it shows that God wants to answer this prayer. Let me show you something. God wants us to have his kingdom right here on earth. We need to ask. We need to start expecting that. We need to start expecting God wants his will to manifest through us. We need to start expecting us to to walk in his will. Expecting our lives to follow his will. Are you with me? God wants us to have all we need daily. Everything we need daily. We need to change our expectation. Because sometimes if we have a wrong expectation, we we begin to think for, for things to come from God, we have to fight. We have to fight God. You know? So if you, you know, as Africans, we are blessed with serious prayers, eh? Hey, shy, cool. You think there's a fight, eh? <laughs> but listen, listen. You know, if I remember some of the prayers I've prayed in the mountains in Malawi, I laugh, you know? <laughs> listen. It's very important to change your expectation before you even begin to pray. Change your expectation. Expect. Expect God. Jesus did not say, pray, you know, give us our daily bread. 
when heaven is not ready to do that. He knew heaven is ready to supply all your needs. So when they asked, how should we pray? He said, pray like this. Ask for daily bread. He's not just talking about bread. He's talking about your needs. Heaven is ready. God wants us to expect him to meet all our needs. That's what that prayer represents. Change your expectations. He's going to meet my needs. He's going to meet my needs. He's going to meet my needs. He's going to meet all my needs. It's amazing. It's according to his riches and glory, right? We have no time to go into that. But that's just amazing. Not according to Amy's pocket. It's according to God's riches and glory. Are you with me? Not according to your daddy's pocket or your mom's pocket or or your your workplace's pocket. It's not according to your salary. According to his riches and glory. Not according to the raise they can give you. According to his riches and glory. Not according to how much they can pay you. It's according to his riches and glory. According to his bank. Mm-hmm. Expect him to supply. Let's finish. It says, it says, uh, it says, uh, oh, this is awesome. Deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deliver us from God. Deliver, uh, deliver us from what? Evil. From evil. God expects us to live free from evil. It shouldn't be fashionable to have a demon. <laughs> you know? It shouldn't. You shouldn't tolerate it. God expects us to live. We should begin to expect total deliverance. Free. Free from anything that is not of God. Free. Free also from sin. To have an expectation to live free from sin. I, I believe sometimes people will hide behind the idea of no one is perfect. <laughs> There's no, this prayer says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's an expectation to be free from sin. We must have the expectation to live free from sin. Forgiven, sin totally defeated. And... Maybe let me stop here where it says, uh, uh, as we forgive those who forgive, who, who trespass against us. You know, there's, there's, there's also this the expectation of heaven for us to be people that are gracious. We must expect grace to flow through us. Now, these are just examples I'm giving you. But what I'm really trying to say is two things. If you're going to live under heavenly vision, two things. Number one, Question, challenge your own viewpoints. Challenge your, who's informing this viewpoint? Is it the world viewpoint or is it what God says about me? Your identity must come from heaven. Just like Paul's identity totally got transformed and he began to receive everything from heaven. What God has said begins to be more important. Hello? Challenge it. When you feel like, oh, me, I'm not good at this, challenge it. Where is this coming from? Ask yourself, why would I say such a thing? Did God say it? Is that what the word says about you? 
If the word doesn't say that about you, turn it around. Because it's going to stop you from receiving from heaven. Every time you do that, you're not going to... Heaven is not going to pour into you. Nobody is willing to waste. But to always maintain the viewpoint of heaven. Father, I see myself according to how you see myself. I am healed because you say I'm healed. Not because my GP said I'm sick. To begin to understand that, take the heavenly viewpoint first. And then change some expectations. This takes just challenging yourselves. Challenging myself, challenging yourself. Let's stand up and pray.